ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Underrated Podcast. We are the Undercast Company, and I'm one of your hosts, Alan Torres, and of course, my amazing, lovely host as always is Ariel Ortiz. Hello. And Derek McDuff. How's it going? Hey, so today we're going to be talking about my pick, uh, since we've been kind of on a little bit of a revenge movie run, you know, just coincidentally, we've all been doing it. Uh, so today, my, my picks, I Saw the Devil, came out back in 2010. i tripping out, dude. I could have sworn I saw this, like, a couple years ago. I didn't know I was, like, 12 years old. I saw it a couple um, days ago. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it today. <laughs> I, I rewatched it today, too. Uh, yeah, so, directed by Kim Ji-Woon. I have to look at my notes because I cannot pronounce these right off the <laughs> bat. Uh, yeah, directed by Kim Ji-Woon and starring Lee Byung-hun. And Choi Min-sik, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I think Lee Byung-hun, uh, I think he's a, in, he was in Squid Game. He was one of the guys in the mask. He and was then, the, yeah, the, like, the main the, black mask guy. Yeah, Yeah, like the brother of the one of the competitors, right? No, the cop. Or the cop, there you go. Thank yeah, you. I thought it looked like it. Was that him? Yeah, yeah that, that was him. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's he's also in, he's the Terminator, he's like Terminator 2 in the... Yeah, he's in uh, he's Gen- Genesis. No, Genesis. Yeah, he was in yeah, Genesis. In, in Terminator Genesis, he's a Terminator 2. He's like a Robert uh-huh. Patrick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's also in um the the remake of Magnificent Seven, which is mm-hmm. pretty good movie, and he's probably my favorite character in it. Mm-hmm. He's also um, mm. Shadow Storm from G- the, the G.I. Joe movies. The OG, the, oh yeah, yeah, that's the right. Ones, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. Mm-hmm. Damn, I can't believe it. I feel like I, I've seen him so many times, and I just re- realized it. And then uh, Choi Min Sik, uh, from which you, uh, from some people might know him from Old Boy, the Korean version, the original, really good one. Um, but yeah, pretty much what this movie's about. Uh, since, like I said, we've been on a revenge thing. Um, it is a revenge story. It's a Korea South Korean crime thriller. Sometimes I hear it's considered a horror movie. Other times it's like a thriller. Um, I kind of consider it a little bit more of a crime thriller. I don't really find it like scary. There's scenes that are disturbing that are like terif- like terrifying, but they're not like mm-hmm. horror movie-esque. And um, what pretty much the plot about the film is Lee Byung-hun character. He's a special agent and his wife is killed by a ser- the serial killer played by Choi Min-sik. So pretty much... That's the basic plot of the movie. He wants to get revenge, but instead of just kind of going out of his way and getting, like, just revenge once and killing him, he's kind of playing this, like, cat game with him where he catches him, he kind of fucks him up, tortures him up a little bit, and then he just lets him go, catch and release, and then he just keeps coming back at him every little while. But at one point, he's kind of becoming the monster that he's trying to hurt, and there's a point where the monster gets out of his clutches and goes, all right, well, I'm going to go and hurt other people. So it's kind of a little bit of hubris on on the special agent's part. Uh, but yeah, it's this whole kind of like second, third half. He, You know, it's them going back and forth, him trying to catch him and just trying to kill him and realizing, oh, shit, I fucked up. I should have just took him out early on. And then he kind of learns his lesson. And then the whole, you know, police force is involved as well. They're trying to catch him. But yeah, that's pretty much the basic kind of outline of the film. 
Um, I really want to know what you guys thought. Like, I, I know it's uh, one of those movies that I told my, my girlfriend was going to watch it with me, and I told her, hey, it's kind of heavy. Especially the first act is pretty heavy, but then the second, third act kind of goes into to high octane and just goes for, like, brutal violence, revenge, kind of suspense, thriller mode. So, um, yeah, what did you guys think? Um, I thought it was really good. I, I just, like... Kind of, yeah, like, it's such a frustrating story of, of when it comes to a revenge story because it's very much, like, he should have just, like, kept him and, tor- you know, tortured him instead of, like, letting him go. And, and I, I kind of knew the general premise of this co- coming in. I really thought that he, like, you know, with I knew about the catch and release thing, and I really thought that it was, like, very much, like, he, he monitored, essentially monitored him a lot better than he did. Because like, he just triggered like this man to go on a on a the most rampageous kill spree that he's ever done. Like yeah, he was a serial killer before, but he like killed like one person after the other, and it's very much because of you know the main character and and um and definitely like he, he he's gonna be like getting consequences. I I'm sure like. Once everything's done, like, you know, because he, besides all the other random people that, that, that the killer, like, kind of, um, interacted with, he, he ended up, um, like, blinding his father-in-law, and then also, like, I think he, he killed the sister, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's very much, like, even, and I, and that's why I, I knew, I had seen, like, the la that last scene, it's, like, when, one that comes up a lot with like a when people talk about like that trope of of like you know just essentially the character breaking down right at the end like in shame and then in this one very much gets um um acknowledged side by side and and um and yeah like you definitely feel it and it definitely makes that ending a lot more uh kind of impactful because he he himself is like just realizing like what good was all this like i you know he he knows how badly he's messed up and 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 like it's he like the like um the killer said like i won like you lost like even even at the end i think like i don't think he felt much remorse of even or or fear or anything like when um his family, you know, ended up killing the the killer's family. Ended up killing him, you know, with that whole um, saw trap that that um, the main character <laughs> created, because because he's and because he, and you saw it too because he's he was like kind of like frustrated, like old woman, like get away and like all this other stuff. So it was much more like his final thoughts were like a lot more of a, a frustrating and like angry kind of thing than a feeling of helplessness, like. Like you know, um, our main character wanted him to feel because he's just like he's a psychopath. He has no remorse, you know. And yeah, it was definitely like, like it, along the veins of old boy, you know, like um, and a lot of South Korean films, it's just very much like that you get what you want but at what cost kind of thing which mm-hmm. you know south korean movies like do, do very well well capturing even with the end the, the ending of the first season of squid game too mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I I I had really dug it. Um, unlike you, Ariel, I knew basically nothing about this movie going in. All I had ever seen about it was I'd seen that poster around that poster where it's kind of got like the knife, like it's like part of his face his is eye. like red. Yeah, and I was so that's all I knew about it. So I thought it was just like a straight up horror movie because that's how the poster looked. So I was not really, and then I only knew it was a revenge story because we were talking about how we're doing all these revenge movies, and it kind of got mentioned, and then it starts with the you know. His, the killing of his fiance and and then when it gets and then you know the beginning the first act is kind of like he, what i was expecting the movie is tracking him down he's going through all these different guys but then at about the 45 minute mark he gets it he like find, finds him and they have this big fight and i'm like wait this is happening this is a two hour two hour and 15 minute movie what is what is happening here like what is going on? So I was not expecting that twist of just like he win, he like gets him, and then he's like, okay, he can, he releases him, and I I think it speaks to you know like all the characters kind of you know he meets those other cannibal characters and they're like yeah he's just like us, and you know it kind of shows that his character um Kim uh is just as fucked up as these other guys. He's not like quote unquote as evil as them. But he is, in a way, just as responsible for all these deaths that happen afterwards because he lets him go. He, instead of, like, his vengeance is more important than stopping this guy from doing it again. That's not why he's doing it. It's so that he can just have an, as much, like, revenge and pain as he can on this guy. And they kind of, like, rope you in by, you know, like, getting to still care about him. It's like, okay, well, he let him go. And he's killing people, but, okay, the first people he kills are, like, these burglars who are murderers, and they killed innocent taxi drivers, so you're like, okay, well, it sucks that he's killing people, but it, okay, these guys, they're bad guys, they deserve to die anyway. Then he's, like, he hurts someone innocent, you're like, oh, I don't know about this, and by that, but you're kind of, like, bought into Lee's character at this time, and kind of just drags you in by that, and, you know, when, ultimately, it's really his fault that his sister-in-law uh, and father-in-law end up being killed and blinded and all this, all these people die and all these horrible things happen, it is his fault directly. He could have absolutely stopped this. And I do kind of have to disagree with you, Ariel, about how you think he didn't win in the end because I think that he was like, okay, I can be just you you are like the ultimate monster right he's like i've won you'll never he's like you're gonna kill me whatever i don't care about anything and i was just thinking like wait a minute wait a minute they introduced i thought he was gonna like murder his son so i'm glad it didn't go that dark um but they introduced his family and that's the one thing that the murderer cared about that was the one thing that he still like cared about and it wasn't like, I would say remorseful, but he found a way to be like, yeah, I am going to quote-unquote win. And I was even kind of, like, rooting for it. I was like, yeah, this is horrible, but I don't want this awful monster to win. I want to see, like, you die in that saw trap in front of your family and just, that was, see him scar these, the only people in the world that he cares about and then see him die in such a horrific manner. And then when he breaks down and cries, I think it's part, partially because you know how this horrible shit has happened but it's partially because in winning he became quote-unquote winning he became just 
as bad as this awful monster. He was a, he lowered him slowly but surely. You see him lower himself further and further and further until his level until he does something that at the start of the movie he never ever thought he would do. Um, and just kind of does this horrific act, scars these innocent old people and this innocent kid just so that he can have that, he can say, all right, I got you in the end. I got the last word on you. I got the last straw. You thought there was no one you cared about. Well, I found the only people you cared about, and I fucking hurt them with your death. And I thought that was just a really brilliant ending. Um, I, I, I really thought this was a really well-made film. I do have some the one thing I would say I have some issues with is the fridging stuff, how it is very much um, kind of falls into the trope of, like, the women in this movie only exist to be motivation for men to take oh, revenge yeah. so they can kind of get murdered and sexually assaulted and all this stuff. And that is kind of a thing that it's not the greatest trope in Hollywood, but, um, you know, it. I mean, I'm trying to, like, excuse it, but it is what it is. Um, but I thought this uh, film was a really really smart revenge thriller that kind of it is that you know i talk about like character arcs a lot and how usually they're positive arcs sometimes they'll be flat arcs but this is definitely a negative arc you are seeing this character descend into madness him quote unquote seeing the devil and just becoming just like him yeah i, I agree with both of your guys's points um I, I i think that's one of the beauties about the movie too there's a lot of different interpretations uh, with how you feel about it, like I felt in a way I agree with Ariel where he it, it was like a win loss, like he did lose in the aspect of his his like humanity, but he did win in like becoming the monster as well. Like he he, he kind of went both ways. Where like I feel like him crying at the end and just all his emotions flowing out and that last scene of him just crying in the rain or whatever. And the camera just panning out. That felt very like he won, but at what cost? And also, at the end of the day, it didn't bring his family back. It didn't bring back. It didn't bring his wife back. He just, he, he just, he, he's down there. Like he, he's done. And I think that's also one of my favorite tropes. Is like, like you said, I love the negative arc. I love when like just the characters kind of spiral into madness or, or just. Shit goes wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I love like that negative, <laughs> negative kind of thing. It's just, it's kind of nice to see it every now and again in film because most of the time, like you said, they're positive arcs. You know, characters go through their thing and their development, but sometimes it's nice to see the other way where, you know, that they just go down horribly. You know, like we always <laughs> joke around about Iron Fist with, uh, you know, we, we would joke around about um, the, uh, the, Homeboy. The, the rise and fall of Ward Meacham. Yeah, exactly. Like that's one of my Danny. favorite character arcs, <laughs> Danny Rand. But uh, yeah, like, and it's so funny because I, I remember someone introduced me to it, and like they made it seem so like, yeah, bro, it's this really cool horror movie. It's like a revenge movie, and like they kind of just undersold it for me. And then finally one day I was like, all right, because they kept pestering, pestering to me about it, and I finally watched it, and I was like, holy shit, this is not a horror movie. This is like a masterpiece. Like for me, I think it's one of the best like foreign films I've ever seen revenge thriller crime thriller whatever you want to say like it's it, it just really hits hard like I, I had to keep telling my girlfriends like all right like brace yourself it's intense it's graphic but it's not like you know saw graphic except for that last scene but that last scene was like well deserved like you're like fuck yeah his head got chopped up 
chopped off and his family saw, you're like, that was a well-deserved like payoff because the guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, serial killer's an absolute piece of shit. So, and it's one of those things too. We, we just were watching um, Reacher. I don't know if you guys have been watching Reacher. It's on a. It's on. A, it's on a. Yeah, on Prime. It's with um, Alan Richson from uh, Blue Mountain State or uh, you know Titans, and it, it, that show's pretty satisfying and like, and it's a really good like action thriller. And there's there's just moments where you like cheer and like, it, I don't know how to explain. Like I it just. Reacher really like pulled us in, so we had a great time watching that, and then we watched this right after it, and we were just like, "Fuck yeah, kick his ass!" Like it's <laughs> it's just so satisfying, especially the first time he gets caught. You're just like, "Oh hell yeah!" And then he lets him go, and like he breaks his hand, and you're just like, "Yeah, fuck this guy." <laughs> yeah. it's one of those, so it's yeah, it's one of those things where I, I really really dug. It's it's satisfying. It's kind of a little bit cathartic because it's essentially pieces of shit to deserve it, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, um, I was gonna ask, what did you guys? Fe- how did you guys feel? Like, did did you guys feel like this was adapted from something? I felt like this was so well written. Like, I kind of thought, like, is this based off like a manga or a book or something? Like, it just, I don't know, something about the writing like really grabbed me. How, how did you guys feel? Um, I don't know if it is from anything like in spe- specific, but I mean, like. Like in in recent history, definitely in with with Netflix and and um things like that, like we're kind of like seeing like how South Korean storytelling is very much like really the uh, theatrical and and very well written, and and I'm really glad that that we're getting that facet of new entertainment, you know, coming you know to us in in the U S. I mean, bec- like Squid Game is, is really it's such a really good show and like very and they and you know south koreans uh you know their shows and their movies always touch on very profound like um social ec- economic or social like tropes that are you know so easy to get engaged in because they're things of like you know our world you know, even like I think like I haven't seen it, but I, I even like Train of Busan kind of like has that like kind of like vein in it of like a very um, relatable, you know, kind of story, even though it's zombies. But but yeah, I think it's just very much like I don't know, like it, it's it's South Korea. They just like are very great storytellers. I mean, like Paris with with um, Bong Joon-ho's you know, movies of Parasite and, and Snowpiercer and, and I definitely like would not be surprised that this wasn't adapt from anything because it's just like, they just know how to write well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like the, the South Korean, like writers and directors always have these really innovative, like this to me felt like it wasn't based on anything because it felt like such an original idea. Like, it felt like this mm-hmm. is something, you know... I mean, revenge stories and these kind of revenge stories are not necessarily original, but the way it was told felt like something I hadn't seen before. And I think that a lot of these Korean, like, TV shows and movies and stuff that we have been getting that have risen to popularity so much, especially in the last five or so years, um, have all been really creative. And other than... Well, I was going to say Snowpiercer, that's American from a Korean director. But, um... You know, they have all really been, um, you know, just kind of original. 
And I think just it's really interesting to see the rise of these kind of South Korean dramas. I know that a one of the big reasons that I was kind of introduced to like all this uh, was because, and I think you know this is a, something I bring up a lot in the show is Lost introduced the two characters of Sun and Kim, and they would just have entire episodes that were in Korean, where they would just like you know have their flashbacks and they would be in Korea, and I, a lot of audiences at the time were like, what is this? Like, a whole episode that is subtitled, which is, you know, now we're like, okay, yeah, we'll watch Parasite and we'll watch subtitles, but, like, for an average primetime TV audience in that time, that was crazy, and I think that, you know, over the years, just not necessarily just with Korean, but, like, also, you know, our generation growing up on stuff like anime and stuff, we have gotten so used to reading subtitles, whereas the generation before us wasn't really in that same mindset that I think we are able to kind of like accept these new original stories from different parts of the world. You know, funny enough that you say that because especially with having anime, I, I've recommended this movie for, for people like many times where they're just like, Oh, I kind of want to watch like a, you know, a horror movie. that's like not saw or nothing like that. I mean, like I said, I consider it more of a crime thriller, but it's always so like, Oh, it's Korean? I don't know, man. I don't want to read. And I'm like, but you watch anime. Like, what's <laughs> the point? I always feel like there's this weird yeah. thing about foreign films where people just automatically go, no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I don't want to read. But I'm like, okay, but you're, you're fine with anime. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's just, if I find it so funny in that, in that aspect. Well, yeah, and um, I think things are changing. Just look, look, I mean, looking at the Oscars this year, we have two films nominated for Best Picture that are like have like at least half of it i think in subtitles you have drive my car from japan and then you have coda which is largely in sign language and uses a lot of subtitles too and then of course you had parasite from a couple years ago and you know i don't think that you would really other than uh children or lesser god there hasn't really been anything like that nominated for best picture but now we have two in the same year so yeah so i guess at the end of the day would you guys recommend this movie to other people or or would you like give them kind of a warning like hey just beware it's kind of heavy like did you guys feel like it was very heavy enough where you're kind of like whoa like like you kind of had to take a step back from it or because that's always what i hear that people kind of consider it being like a very heavy film where they're just like it's not easy to digest just like you know i I feel like it's not as bad as like requiem for a dream or anything like that but what did you guys feel uh yeah i would definitely recommend it i would just say like yeah it's like it, it depicts you know graphic serial killer nature you know um Mm. and if you kind of like um you know are iffy about that then yeah don't don't watch it but but yeah i just think that's definitely like a great movie of like of revenge but then also like seeing the consequences of getting that revenge like i think we said about um our our other movie of count of monte crisco of like of you know, like we've always, we've all had like at some at some degree, you know, a, a thought of like getting revenge on some wrongdoing that that was done to us, and and this kind of like where Count Monte Cristo kind of like, um, not like not glamour, maybe a bit glamour, glamorizes it. Um, this one's definitely like a very real kind of story, and like essentially what what real consequences somebody who does take out their their revenge would would probably like get especially if they take out that revenge with 
not really thinking it out as much as they thought they they did or you know or underestimating you know the the person that they're getting this revenge on yeah i mean it's tough for me to say that i would recommend this um i do i mean obviously i i like to recommend foreign films to people um because like we said you know people need to uh, get over that like i think it was bong joon ho who said like you know it's like a like a two inch like hurdles all you have to jump over to get over subtitled films um, and I do think that it is a really interesting way. Like, it makes you, like, culpable. Like, you feel like, okay, you're dragged into this. Like, I'm at the end. I'm, like, rooting. Like, yeah, fuck up his kids. Like, like show him getting... And I'm like, that's a horrible thing. And But I still am on board. And it kind of, like, does a really good job of, like, getting you in that mindset, which I know is tough for some people. Um, and also, I just know, like, films like this um, are really hard to watch for some people. Um, you know, just because of, like, the violence and the content. Um, I do think, you know, some people, like I brought up earlier, would maybe have some issues with the fridging thing. I know somebody whose um, opinion I respect a lot, um, who just, um, I would never recommend this movie to because uh, she is very opposed to um, sexual assault and rape being used as like kind of like a plot device, um, mm -hmm. which is a totally valid opinion, I think. Um, so I don't know that, like, she won't, she didn't, you know, want to ever watch Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, for example. Um, so I, I get that, um, what it is just kind of, these things exist just to kind of further the plot, especially of specifically male characters that can be something that certain people, um, would be opposed to. So I don't know that I can really give this an across the board recommendation, despite how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. I completely understand. I'm not a big fan of like the whole kind of torture porn, you know, rape as like a plot device, like you said. Um, I didn't even really think about the whole fridging thing. Yeah, me and, neither. But like you just mentioned it. Yeah, because I just kind of, I don't know, I I'm guess because like, yeah. oh, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm just like not, I, I, I didn't, that didn't come to mind at all to me, but I don't really look out for those kind of things. No, yeah, like I, I don't either, but also to like, I, I appreciate you mentioning that because I don't know, I guess as somebody who's kind of, like, frequently listens to true crime, you kind of get a little mm -hmm. desensitized to these things, so you kind of just go, oh, shit, like, kind of thing. But, yeah, no, I, I, I can see your point of view, like, where it's hard to recommend it. Because even I was kind of, like, you know, when I was about to put, put it on, I remember it being very violent and kind of had those themes where I was telling my girlfriend, like, especially in the first act, because it's so heavy, I was like, hey, if you want to stop or if, if you want to change it, cool or i'll leave i'll go to the other room or i'll watch it here in the in my recording gaming room slash office no i was gonna say uh um so apparently that road is just very heavy on serial killers apparently which i found kind of like a weird dark humor aspect where uh the, the main serial killer gets into a car with two more serial killers and then further down the road later on the movie he hangs out with more serial killers and i was like <laughs> i was like that particular road is just fucked up somewhere yeah. in south korea like that is just yeah. hell well, road or something <laughs> the, the at least one of the one of the persons that he goes after the like trying to to track down the killer of his fiance is a serial killer too like the one that he bashed oh, yeah that's right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so it's just like it like I don't know if it's true. I mean, there is a lot of serial killers out there, but I mean, like, uh, which, like, definitely, like, that's might have been the reason why, like, I was, like, like, with the 
with the fridging and stuff, I'm like, well, there is a lot of people and there are a lot of people that go after, you know, um, women and, and that's probably like, for me, it was like a little bit more realistic. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's just insane. And like, it, it it's kind of like, it has that feel of like, you know, like hot, hostile kind of thing of like, this might be, or like more so this might be real. Like there, there might be like just serial killers doing serial killers and all that. <laughs> like I just listened to, um, to the, uh, Sandman, uh, Audible and they Ooh. literally have they literally have a serial killer convention, like oh my god, that, yeah, that. that was yeah. such a great episode, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. and then like during that part, I'm like, fuck, like I don't know, like it's it's a it might be a possible possibility, unfortunately, but yeah, I, I find it so funny that they're just like, I mean, other than the taxi cab guys, and then like you said, the Sandman serial killer convention, I always kind of go like. Would you ever really feel safe there, though? Or, like, having a friend who just, like, eats people? Like, I'm like, do you... It kind of reminded me of Hannibal, where they're just serial killers mm -hmm. kept popping up all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah, of like... Yeah. Yeah. It's, like well, it's like Murder, she wrote. Like, they, it's this little town, and, like, every week somebody gets murdered, and, like, the per capita, like, murder rate in the, the town of Murder, she wrote, is, like, if it was a real place, would be, like, the highest in murder count in the country. It would, like, be, like, double or triple, like, as much as, like, Baltimore per capita or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like, a, I don't think you guys ever watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but there's a whole thing in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where the stand users, it's essentially their powers, they just kind of like, um, they're like a magnet to each other, so they just are around each other all the time. So that's why they, that, that's the whole plot of the... the like Highlander, there can be only one, they're all just they all drawn just, together. Yeah, they all, <laughs> yeah, drawn together, yeah, they go, thank you. They're all just drawn together, and I just felt like, I'm like... So maybe that street has some kind of weird energy where just serial killers just all want to like hang out at. Where I was like, that's fucking scary. And then that what? one girl's on the road. Mm. I was like, girl, what the fuck are you doing there? You know, it's so terrifying that she was like, yeah, let me hitch a ride with you. I was like, oh man, come on. Like even my girlfriend's like, dude, why? Like just no. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wonder if that was kind of like a weird little subtle dark humor that they were trying to throw in because... Yeah, I was just like, huh, interesting. But <laughs> anything, any, any other things you guys want to say about it? No, just like, just if you're, if you're like we've been saying, like if you really want to watch it, um, just be ready for like you know intense motifs and and trigger. Just putting our official trigger warning right here. But but after well, after I mean, that, it is definitely a really good look into like you know. The psych what the psychology of grief can do to a person and mm -hmm. what what the psychology of, of revenge can do to a person and and not just the person themselves but the people around them as well yeah yeah so real fast I just want to tell a story that's kind of relate like related to this um, that I might have told you guys but I don't think I've ever told them on the podcast which is I actually got to go to um, this director's of his net, um, where he was present and did a Q and A afterwards of his next film, which is I believe his only American film, which is The Last Stand, um, mm -hmm. which was also the first movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger did after he was governor and he came oh, back yeah. to acting. Hmm. And this was I saw it at Dodge College um, at the Chapman Chapman's Film School, and because the I was dating somebody whose brother was going to Chapman at the time, 
and was really into film, and so we all went and got to see, we got free tickets to go kind of see this screening of this new movie, because one of the, there was like a screenwriter from Dodge who had worked on it, it was his first script or something, and so we watched the movie, it was a bad movie, like I can't recommend that, it's not like this at all, it's just kind of a very, the, it was really written. One? Yeah, it was a, yeah. it was actually yeah. written with like it, Liam Neeson in mind as being one of those old man Liam Neeson movies. Um, but they but Arnold just was like needed a script kind of quickly because he was like I'm back, you know. And mm. um, point of the story is though uh, they're asking all these questions. There's a Q and A at the end of the after the screening, and it's the screenwriter and it's the director of the film, the guy who directed this, and then it's Arnold. So the first, like, the, they ask the screenwriter questions, and then everybody goes around and asks the director questions. He only speaks Korean. His English was very limited, so he had a translator, so we would ask him a question, and they would say something in Korean, and then he would he would answer in Korean, and then it would get translated back. And then it gets to Arnold, and somebody asks him a question, and Arnold starts answering just in Austrian. And then he just goes, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, guys! <laughs> Like it was, it was so good. Arnold, I like fucking like Arnold. Like he's hilarious. Like people do not give him enough credit for being funny. So that was just a really, you know, I did get to see this guy one time in person. So that was cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, um, I guess the last question I want to ask is: uh, Do you guys consider underrated? Because I know this film has an eighty-one percent Rotten Tomatoes, and yeah, you know, it's pretty high. And it did really well in South Korea, but over here it's a whole different story. I think it was shown mm-hmm. at like Sundance or something like back in 2011, and that's pretty much all it was shown. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anybody out there, if, if you're listening to this podcast when this drops, I think it should be dropping like in March, right? Yeah, like early March. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and in, in the future. Now, for you listeners, it's in the present. <laughs> but um, and if you're in LA, they're showing this in theaters on March 16th, I believe, at 7:30. I can't remember I, I when I was doing research for the for the podcast it showed up and I was like, whoa, it's showing cool. Well, if anybody's out in LA and want to watch it after listening to this, it's there in LA, March 16th. But yeah, what do you guys consider it to be an underrated film, even though yeah, it did pretty well over where it came from, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about it over here? Well, it's I under think the it's... radar. I think, yeah. Yeah, it's under the radar. And like like a lot of like, you know, green films are. I think like with more exposure and or the you know the increase of of Korean um work um getting exposed especially with you know like the like Squid Game was such a big big success that it got a second season you know and that's something really big for for Korean entertainment because like you know Netflix is very much a uh a United States kind of like um outlet and for it to be so big in the U.S. to warrant a second season, and like from just U.S. numbers, is just shows that you know, like where people are, and then of course with with Parasite winning the Best Picture, you know, it's um U.S. is getting to that point where we're, we're being a lot more exposed to to South Korean work, and so um, I think with that increase, a lot of more people will, you know, this will get on their radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so I think it is one of those films that it's like it's ever like people who know film are like you know like oh have you seen this one like it's it's not a lot of people have seen it but like film it's like kind of one of those like hidden gem type films that people are like you know I looked at my letterbox before I watched it to see and it was like only a couple of my friends had seen it and it was only the people who were just like really hardcore like like really into like watching all these like 
gems from all around the world. So it is kind of like one of those ones that like always gets talked about really positively, but it's something that n not really many people have seen. It's kind of an under, I guess, underseen probably would be the best word I could use to describe it, where it is just kind of this one that flies, you know, just like not exactly a cult classic because it is a like a foreign film, but it's, yeah, one of those, like, this is like a film lovers kind of movie, you know, that, mm -hmm. that most people don't know about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I mean, I do, like you said, I, I consider it like that as well. Like, because I've been on, you know, I go to the horror subreddits and it gets brought up every now and again. But again, I think it's because it's kind of in the middle. It's like mm -hmm. kind of horror, kind of more crime thriller, kind of like Hannibal. The TV show is a little more of like, well, even Silence of the Lambs is kind of like this crime thriller, horror kind of skates on, on both ends. But um, yeah, well, speaking of revenge films... Aren't you guys doing a little episode on a revenge film? And it's actually one of my absolute favorite films of all time. And I'm jealous I wasn't on it, <laughs> but I'm really excited to hear it. So what was it? Yeah, it, it's already out by the time this is released. Um, we did a, we oh, did yeah. <laughs> Kill, Bill, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 for, for You've Never Seen Question Mark Exclamation Point. Um, so yeah, because I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, because Derek, Derek was a yeah. was a guest. So I know that's everyone's it. reaction. <laughs> it's like, how <laughs> have you not seen this, Derek? So I think that yeah. was honestly like my number one like thing I get. Where like, how have you not seen more than like the Godfather, or Citizen Kane? It's just like, how the fuck have you not seen Kill Bill? And now yeah. I and now I've corrected that omission. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, go and check that out. Um. You could find it on our in our link link tree on any of our social media. Um, you just click on that and it'll take you right there. Yep, yep. Sweet. And what about your guys' other shows? I know you guys just talked about you've never seen. What about you, Derek? So yeah, uh, Gateway Episodes is my TV podcast where I'll watch an episode of a TV show or I'll get somebody else to watch an episode of a TV show to get into it. Um, I'm starting to work on Season 2 now. Um, three of us all recorded the first episode of that. I'm going to be releasing them week to week. I'm working on getting everything recorded. Um, I'm going to start releasing Season 2 once the we get hit uh, 10 patrons. Um, so if you guys will release the first episode um, for patrons ahead of time for as soon as I get it uh, edited so anybody who is already a patron can listen to it. But we'll start releasing the whole season um, once we hit that goal. So um, if you guys want to donate as little as a dollar a month and help us hit that goal, we're only trying to get to 10 patrons. So um, it would really mean a lot to us if you could. Um, I mean, if you can't donate, then, you know, uh, we'd never want to put any financial pressure on anyone. But if you can, um, that is obviously so appreciated. And honestly, my biggest thing is I just want to hear more from you guys sometimes. Uh, you guys jump on the Discord. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, some of us are working and it's kind of hard to jump on, but I absolutely love it. I will literally walk away from my desk at work just to kind of chime in a little bit when you guys are there. I always try and say hi to all the new people on Discord, Instagram, whatever. Like, I love it so much and I know everyone else does too. So please, man, if you can't do Patreon, just talk to us, man. If anything, that, that, that fills my heart with joy and that makes me really happy that people are out there and enjoying this and participating in the conversation so please man that if, if that's all you can do i'm happy with that man yeah just give us some suggestions whatever you think is underrated let us know through instagram or discord or however you might want to do it mm -hmm. yeah and then um for our third and final podcast um uh to mention we do have uh our marvel podcast called um infinity stones and dragon bones and look out for an episode hopefully like in uh maybe a 
two months now? Yeah, so look out for in May um, for our dual episode of, of um, discussing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and, and Moon Knight. And hopefully some more Marvel information comes out after that too. Like, you know, WonderCon's coming up. Um, I don't know if they might kind of sneak in something there. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much, you guys, for, for listening. We, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys so much. I love it when, like I said, reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. And, yeah, well, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. See you in another life.